In general, a knot is going to cause a problem of a chatzitsa when immersing an item in a mikveh in order to purify it. Because if the knot is tied tightly, then the water of the mikveh is not able to enter every part of the surface of that item. However, the Mishnah says that the following knots, for them it is not even necessary that the water will touch every part of the inside of the knot, even where it's tied. Because since these are tied totally permanently, it's considered to be the form that that item takes on. The part that is not going to touch the water isn't considered to be a surface of this item. Because we're never going to see that surface because nobody's planning on untying the knot at all. Kishrei he'oni, the knots used by poor people. If a poor person has a hole in his clothes, instead of sewing it up, he will tie a knot over there, but it's for him it's equivalent to sewing it up. And it's very much permanent. The hanimin, this refers to the fringes at the end of different clothes or sheets when they are tied at the end of them. Again, that's a permanent knot. The chavachal sandal, a knot that keeps a sandal and the sole of the sandal or shoes together. We're not talking about the strap, we're talking about the sandal itself. And this knot is kept like that forever. And it's essentially instead of sewing. The tefillin box which one places on his head, so the knot at the back of the tefillin, at the back of one's neck, in the case where it is tight and a person is not planning on untying it, it's permanently tied. Again, that is the form that the tefillin has, and there is no need for the mikveh water to get into the inside of that knot. The and the knot on one's hand to fill in, which he places on the arm, if it doesn't go up and down, meaning you can't move it about. Our to fill nowadays are made in such a way that we retie the to fill in on our arms each day. Here the mission is referring to to fill in that were tied in a way that one would slip the entire to fill in over on, onto his arm and take it off without loosening it. So that was also a permanent knot, and there's no need for the mikvah to get into the inside of that. The Osnea Achimes, literally the ears of a leather flask used for holding liquids. It's referring to the thread at the top of it, which is built into the leather flask, the Osnea Taramil, and a similar type of thread at the top of a sack that is used for carrying things. Again, all of these knots and threads are there permanently, and therefore there is no problem with a chatzitza. Mishnah Dalad, Elu For the following knots, it is necessary that the water will enter into the inside, because the knots are not there totally permanently. So as long as the knots are tight enough that the water won't get into there, so that's a problem of a chatzitza, and the item won't be purified. A knot that is part of an undershirt and was tied in the area of the shoulder, the sofashal sodin, the edge of a sheet, the Mishnah adds, not only does the knot need to be untied, but one also needs to press out and flatten the sheet so that the creases won't prevent the water from touching every part of the sheet. The knot at the back of the head to fill in if it is not tied tightly because... That means that it's not permanent, and the person is likely to change the position of that knot or to retie it. The knot on one's hand to fill in. If it does go up and down, it does move about, so it's not tied permanently in a position that will never be changed. Obviously, we're talking about a case where it is pretty tight enough to be considered a chatzitza. If it was tied very loosely, then it wouldn't even be a chatzitza. However, it's not tied 
in a way that it's not moving about at all, it's not a permanent knot, and therefore it would be a problem of a chatzitza. Ushnotsin shall sandal, the knot of the straps of a sandal, this is tied and untied every per- every time a person takes his shoes on or off. And the Mishnah ends off by talking about uvagodim clothes because of the way that the clothes are made, and it's usually pretty close, so even when one puts it into the water... It's very easy for some of the surfaces not to touch the water. And usually as one puts clothes into a body of water, there'll be bubbles, and that's a sign that the water hasn't really been into contact with every single part of the material. The air prevents the water from getting to every single part, but once it bubbles for a few seconds, and then the bubbles usually stop, so that's a sign that all of the surfaces of the clothes have come into contact with the mikveh water. So the Mishnah says, If one dips these clothes into the mikveh once they've already been washed and they're currently wet, then you only need to submerge them into the mikveh fully until they start to bubble. And that's already enough, because even if the water of the mikveh is not necessarily touching every single part of the surface of the clothes, the water is connected to the water that's already on the clothes. And although that water wasn't mikveh water, we've already seen throughout the Masechta the concept of hashoka that states that any invalid water that is connected to the mikveh water becomes almost like an extension of the mikveh itself and is also like the mikveh. And since that water is definitely touching all of the surfaces of the clothes, it would be purified immediately. He'd been on the guvin. On the other hand, if he dips the clothes into the mikveh when they are dry, then he needs to submerge them into the mikveh until they bubble, and he needs to wait until they stop bubbling in order to ensure that the water of the mikveh has touched all parts of the clothes. Mishnah Hey, the Mishnah towards the end of Masech's Kalim teaches that the handle of an item is considered to be an extension of the item, but for only as much as the handle is needed. So if there is a very long handle and much of the length of the handle is excessive, it's not necessary, it's not even useful, then it would not be considered an extension of the actual item itself. And therefore, if the item became tome, so the part of the handle that is useful for helping in the function of that item, that would become tome together with the main body of the item. However, the extension of the handle that is not necessary and not useful, that would not become tome together with the rest of the item. And here arises an issue as to how much of the handle needs to be put into the mikveh. In general, even if only a part of the item is tome, in order for it to be purified, all of it needs to be touching the mikveh water at exactly the same time. So one would expect that all of the handle, even the part that is pure and didn't become tome, would need to be submerged into the mikveh at the same time. However, the Mishnah surprisingly says that any handles of different items that are extra long, and as such, one is eventually going to cut off that extra length, one only needs to submerge them into the water to the place where the handle stops being useful. Only the part of the handle that became tome needs to be dipped into the mikveh at the same time as the rest of the item. The reason for the opinion of the Tanakama, this is the f- first opinion of the Mishnah, is because of a concept that often we find in different areas of halacha 
that if something is eventually going to happen anyway, already from now we're able to associate with that particular situation. And since anyway eventually this handle is going to be cut, already from this point we're able to view it as if it's been cut already. Now one could still ask that that shouldn't really solve our problem, because if we view it as if the handle ends in the middle, well, the end of that handle is not touching the surface of the... It's not touching the mikvah water, because instead it's attached to this extension of the handle. So surely that is an issue of a chatzitza. The answer is that since this is a part of the item that is always hidden, it's never revealed and open, there's actually no need for the water to reach that part. In a similar way to how the inside of one's mouth, when one immerses himself in the mikvah, doesn't need to touch the water because it's a part of the body that is always hidden. So too over here, this is a part of the item that is essentially hidden and never revealed, and therefore there is no need for the mikvah water to touch it. This is the opinion of the Tanakama, the first opinion of the Mishnah. However, Yehuda says that it is only going to be purified if he immerses the entire item and all of the length of the handle, because Yehuda argues and he says that since right now it is not being cut off yet, so we view the item as it is in front of us, and therefore, just like every item needs to touch the mikveh in its entirety, so to this one does. Continues the Mishnah, shall sheles deli godol, a chain that is attached to a large bucket, arbod fachim, the length of such a chain that is considered to be useful is fort fachim, and if the chain is any longer than that, so that's going to be considered an extra length, and if it's a smaller bucket, then a sora up to tenth fachim of the chain is considered to be useful. If it was a larger bucket, so it was heavier, so it would be carried only with a shorter chain. Be it as it may, the Mishnah is now following the opinion of the Tanakama, which we had earlier on, and thus tells us that one needs to submerge the bucket and the part of the chain up to that which is necessary, so four or ten tefachim of the chain, into the mikveh. Any extra length of the chain, however, doesn't need to be inside the mikveh at that time, even if it's the middle of one particular ring of the chain, at which point the four or ten tefachim ends, already that part is considered to be an unnecessary part of the chain. So that wouldn't need to be inside the mikveh. Ritarifin Omer, however, Ritarifin says, In this case, he needs to immerse that entire ring, at least in the mikveh, wherever the four tfachim or the ten tfachim ends. If, let's say, it's in the middle of a ring of the chain, so he would need to immerse that entire ring, not just half of it. The logic behind the phone is that they're never going to cut the ring into half. If they want to shorten the length of the chain, they'll take some of the rings off. They're not going to start cutting a ring in half, and therefore that is considered to be an intrinsic part of the chain that is used for the bucket. And the Mishnah ends off with a rule that we're going to understand is not really related to the laws of Chatzitsa. It's rather a general law to do with the status of a handle of an item. Hachevel shilkosher bakupa, a rope that is tied to a basket, eno chibur, is not halakhically considered to be attached to it, such that it would become tome together with the actual basket, elon kein tofar, unless he sews it to the basket, but otherwise it's considered to be something external that happens to be touching it, but it's not considered to be the same item. So it might become tome just like anything that touches the item becomes tome, but it won't be tome on exactly the same level as the item itself, because it's considered to be something separate. 
With regards to the concept of Hashoka that states that water that is Tome that is attached to the water becomes Tohar, and the reason for this, as we have seen, is because we view it as being a part of the Mikveh itself, this is only true if it's the same kind of water, and therefore it won't help to dip hot Tome water into a cold Mikveh, or the opposite, Vleitzenin Bechamin, cold Tome water into a hot mikveh, Leyofin Beroim, Vleiroim Beyofin, clean Tome water into a dirty mikveh, or dirty water into a clean mikveh. We can't consider it to all be like one large mikveh if it's two different types of water. Basil, I mean, however, Basil say at the end of the day it's all water, and therefore Matbilin, one can dip it into the mikveh and it would be purified. Now, the only type of liquid for which Hashoka works to purify it is water. Not only that, but if there is a kli, if there's a utensil, some kind of, kind of container that is tome and needs to be purified, shehumole mashkin, and it's filled with a particular liquid other than water. For example, it's filled with oil, or it's filled with wine. They hit biloy, and whilst it was filled, he dipped it into the mikveh. Even if the entire outer surface of the container touches the mikveh, since it has a different liquid inside of it, that is a chatzitza, and therefore toval, it's as if he hasn't dipped it into, into the mikveh at all. It doesn't help to purify the item. Molimiraglayim, if it is filled with urine, however, then we view it as if it's filled with water, because it's essentially the same type of liquid. And if one had a tome container that was filled with water that he put into the mikveh, the tome container will become purified since the water itself, and in this case the urine itself, becomes an extension of the mikveh. What happens if the container which he is trying to purify is filled up with paraduma water? The paraduma is a particular totally red cow which is burnt up and whose ashes are mixed with spring water in a unique process, and the solution which is made up is used in order to purify people that became tome from a dead body. So on the one hand, this is water... On the other hand, since the idea of Hashoka is that any water that's connected to a mikveh is considered to be secondary to the mikveh, and it becomes like an extension of the mikveh. Over here, there's a bit of an issue with considering the Paraduma solution an extension of the mikveh, because the Paraduma solution itself has a very great degree of significance. It has the ability to purify people and items that became Tomei, and we're going to understand that it's because of this that the Mishnah tells us that regular Hashoka would not work, unless the majority of the water that's contained within this container is regular water, as opposed to being the Paraduma solution. Even if there is a very large container that can hold a volume of a curve, and there's only a quarter of a loig, which is a tiny fraction of what the entire container holds. There's only a revius of the Paraduma solution, so there's much, much more regular mikveh water that is in that kli now. toval. It's as if he hasn't dipped the item into the mikveh, and it will not be purified, because according to Rebiyasi, even the smallest amount of Paraduma solution is considered to be significant enough that it won't be nullified in the water of the mikveh, it can't be considered secondary to the mikveh water... And therefore, if the container that he wants to purify has any mechatos inside of it, then it cannot be purified.